This is Cami. And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 58. Hey, Madeline, I have to make a confession. I think that I might be an imposter. I don't know. If you are, you're doing a pretty good job of fooling me. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. So, you know, Madeline, I am not alone in feeling like I'm an imposter. 70% of people say that they experience imposter syndrome. It's a thing. And that's defined as the belief that you only succeed due to luck and not because of your talent or qualifications. This syndrome was first identified in 1978. I was eight years old, by the way, by psychologist Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes. And they found that, you know, 70% of the people have this happening to them all the time. Yeah, that's right. If you're trying to do important things, chances are you have experienced imposter syndrome. I think we all go through this, right? Even the most qualified experts on the planet have probably experienced it from time to time. Yeah, Madeline. In fact, I found this really enlightening article in Time Magazine called, Yes, Imposter Syndrome is Real, and Here's How to Deal with It. And in this article, the author outlines some causes of imposter syndrome. So we've taken them from that article and added our own spin to it. So are you ready to dive into these reasons that people have imposter syndrome? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Why don't you start? So in this article, there's some points that we want to go over here, like high expectations for yourself and others and the need to learn more before getting started. Then also it has to be easy or I'm not an expert and the feeling that you have to do it all by yourself right? So the feeling that you have to do everything yourself. Yeah. And, you know, it's common to put high expectation for yourself and for others and needing to learn more before you get started. You know, there's that saying like, fake it till you make it. And I'm very conflicted with that saying because like, yes, you do need to learn more before you're getting started. Because, you know, if you're calling yourself an expert, you need to truly be an expert. But at the same time, you also kind of learn as you go. I tell you what, Kimmy, I was just listening to an interview on Mike Stelzner's podcast, Social Media Marketing Podcast, and he was interviewing a guy and they were talking about Instagram Live. And he was saying things like, I think so, I think so. I think that's how that works. You know, like, I'm like, wait a minute, if he's the expert, he should know these things. It shouldn't be like, I think, I think so. Like, that's, I don't know. I mean, I know that's not completely imposter syndrome, but it's like, but we, you know, we feel imposter syndrome when we don't feel like we're the expert, but go be the expert. 
know every detail about everything you're talking about, right? Yeah, well, I think it's hard sometimes. And I think people feel overwhelmed. And I think how this comes out a lot is that feeling that you still need to learn more and learn more. I think you can get into this habit. Also, people buy a lot of courses like that. They'll buy a course and then they'll consume the course and then they like, oh, I'm not ready yet to like launch anything. And then they do another course to try to help them get over that, that feeling of inadequacy. So I can also see that, you know, even in your learning habits, I think always learning is great because I'm a big believer in always learning, but don't let it be an impediment to action. Exactly. I'm a, I'm a fan of learning as well. I mean, there comes a point where you do know everything in your niche you, 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 or you know as much as you need to, to at least be that expert, to be a leader in your industry, to be a coach or a consultant or whatever it is you're trying to do. From my experience, if you start putting out the content and you know what you're talking about, people are going to look at you and say, you're the expert. You know what you're talking about. You know more than me. So it's easy to have imposter syndrome, but when you're constantly hearing people, like, like, here's an example, like, you know, I did my major pivot from music business, from doing social media, from doing digital marketing for 20 plus years. I switch over to, to, social media in general to get known as the Twitter expert. And I felt like I knew everything. So I never, I didn't really have that imposter syndrome per se, but you don't feel like you're a hundred percent there until people start calling you the expert. And it has now been three years since I made this pivot and Cami to have experts in my industry refer to me as the Twitter expert constantly. Like I get it all the time. It's like, okay, there's not a need for me to feel imposter syndrome because people see me as the expert. And I think that's important for us to identify like how are people, like it's kind of like it goes from how are we seeing ourselves to how do people see us? Well, I, I agree with that. And I also think that you have to remember that you are an expert to the people that are one step behind you. Always. So yes. there may be a lot of people that are 20 steps ahead of you and you're not an expert to them. And they'll look at you and say, well, you know, you're a peer or you may not even come up to their elbow. You know, that happens. But there is a whole group of people behind you that are looking to see, hey, where have other people before me gone? And you're that person. So you only really have to be one step ahead of the people that, you know, you're talking to, your audience, your, the people that you're trying to, to um, help. And I think that that's really the key. And we talked about putting together help statements. I think in a recent episode, we'll put that in the the show notes too, to help you put together a um, help statement. But who is it that you're helping? And those people are going to be looking to you to share that. And you don't have to act like you know it all. You can even admit that you don't sometimes, but you can say, this is what I've done. And this is what I've learned. And just talk about what you're learning, even in real time. People, that there's great value, even if you feel like you're like at the very beginning and you're not an expert at all and that nobody's behind you, you may think that, but it's not true, that even if you share the things you're learning in real time, that's going to be valuable to somebody because you're sharing the hard earned things that you're learning. And that's going to make people say, wow, you know, I, I never thought of it that way. So I would say that, you know, we can, we're going to get more into how to overcome these in a minute. There's some really great tips that we have coming up. I do want to also mention that, you know, it's so easy for us to compare ourselves to others. We call it that highlight reel on social media. Like it's so common to, you know, go look at the news feed on Facebook. What are people sharing today? And you start comparing yourself and it's their highlight reel. Like when you think about what do we post on, on social media? We're posting the good stuff. 
some people will share negative things that are happening to them. Like Pat Flynn's a great example that, you know, he's not just showing the wins, he's showing the losses. But most of us are on there sharing the wins. And sometimes I'm posting stuff, Kami, and I'll stop. I'll say, I hope people are not looking at this like, oh, look at Madeline. She, like right now, people are like, oh, you're so cool. You're speaking for the fourth year in a row at Social Media Marketing World. I'm very proud of that. Like that is quite an accomplishment. But I don't, but on the flip side of this, I don't want people to feel like, oh, look at her. You know, she thinks she's all that. And, you know, is that highlight reel? So I hope that I come off genuine and sincere when I post things on social media. And I try to be very aware of that when well, I'm doing I, it. I don't, I hope I don't get in trouble with you for telling the audience this, but I've actually been with you when you're like preparing for a, an interview with Mike Stelzner or something like that, where you are like, I've got to have it all down. I've got to have this figured out. I have to have this done. It has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. And so we're all that way. I mean, we all want to make sure that we're doing the things that we need to get out there. But here's the thing. Do not let it keep you from action. I think that's the end, end point. And I also think that we also, and this is probably my big downfall, feel that you must succeed in all aspects of your life. So that whole, I must be a superman or a superwoman. And if I'm not a super person, then I'm not an expert. Or I'm not, I don't have anything valuable. Like why would people listen to me? There's a friend of mine who is very well known in our field who I heard talking about this just the other day saying, why would anybody want to know anything from me? And I was thinking, why wouldn't they want to know something from you? Right. You've been like the superstar in the field. Um, so I think that a lot of times we don't see our accomplishments the same way that other people see them. Exactly. I think it's really important to like one thing I've heard people talk about, and I've done this as well, is keep a folder on your computer. And every time someone says something great, something nice about you, put it in there and just create a list of all these wonderful things. So when you are down on yourself, you feel like, oh man, major imposter syndrome, you go and look at that and it lifts you up. One of the things I've done is I've created a Twitter moments. You and I've talked about Twitter moments Mm -hmm. where we share on there the nice things that people say about us. So we both have done that. That's another way of doing it. You can bookmark tweets now. You can only do it on a phone, but that is a feature of bookmarking your tweets. So whenever someone says something nice, I bookmark it. And I also ask if I can use it in a testimonial. So sometimes we need that to help lift us up. I agree. And so that brings us right into our next part of this is how to overcome imposter syndrome. We could hardly you know, talk about all the reasons we have it if we don't talk about how to get over it, right? That's right. Yeah. So acceptance is the first step, right? <laughs> Acknowledging, yes. It is, yeah, exactly. It is definitely the first step. We have to acknowledge that we have these thoughts and then we need to reframe them. Yes. I love reframing. Reframing is one of my favorite psychological tricks in my bag. And this is actually a concept I learned, oh, I don't know, about five or six years ago that has really, really helped me in my career to overcome some pretty big challenges from time to time. So I would love to share some of these reframings with this audience. Are you guys ready to listen? Yes. I'm kind of speaking for everybody. You speak for them. Yes. Okay, Let's do it. All right. So we took the reasons we listed above and we came up with examples of how to reframe your thoughts for each one. So the things we just mentioned, we're going to go through each one of them and and I wrote a reframing statement for each one. Now, these are not going to get you over it in one day. 
but it will help you to maybe think of these things in a different way, hopefully. I'm hoping I can help out a little bit. So I think maybe what we should do, Madeline, is maybe you talk about the imposter thoughts and then I talk about the getting real thoughts. How about that? Let's do it. That sounds good. So let's start with the first one. I have really high expectations for myself and for others. Great. Well, I'm glad you have good and high expectations. That's awesome. But maybe you should think about setting three different goals, a good enough goal, a good goal, and a very good goal. So like when you set a goal for whether you're going to do well or not, you need to have three different levels of goals. So like the first one would be like, yeah, if I did that, you know, okay, it's passable. It's like a C. I'd be happy. A good goal would be like, okay, you know, I'm in the BA territory, AB. And a very good goal is like, ah, I hit it out of the ballpark. If you take those three goals, then you're going to have a much better feeling about yourself because you're going to hit at least one of them. (laughs) That's the really key to this. And that I got this from James Wedmore. He had a client that had, there were actually two clients and they each set the same goal. They made a $100,000 goal for one month. They wanted to get $100,000 in one month in their business. And they went out and, and they did a course launch, each one of them. Well, they came back to him and reported at the end of the month. And one said, that he felt like he totally failed, that he was going to, he was a terrible person. He was, you know, an imposter or whatever. He had that imposter syndrome. And the other one said, you know, I can't believe this happened. This will change my life. So that is a change of perspective between that really high expectation and what really is real. So, I mean, remember that your expectations for yourself are not what's real in the world. It means that it's what you expect. So if you can actually pull those expectations down, give yourself those three different goal levels, maybe that'll help you to break out of that really high goal thing. Like it, I have to get the hit the park ball out of the park goal or otherwise I failed. Sounds good? Sounds good. I want to mention James Wedmore has a really great podcast. I listen to it every week. It's called the Mind Your Business Podcast. So oh, highly, yeah, this came highly from recommend. That. Yeah, yeah. I listen. I listen to it every week. He shares really great stuff. And and if you are experiencing imposter syndrome, I feel like he has the best podcast that helps with, when it comes to that. All right. So the next imposter thought: I need to learn more before I get started because I am not an expert yet. Exactly. And we talked about this just a little bit ago. And remember that you're going to learn as you go. You just need to get started. Don't let this limiting mindset cause you to not take action. Just start taking one action at a time and you'll find out that through the process of doing these things, you become an expert because guess what? I don't believe people are experts until they actually have done something. So do something and then you will be an expert. That's why I have a tattoo that says just do it because I that is like my mantra. I firmly believe in it. It has served me well as an entrepreneur in the digital marketing space for the last 22 years. You know, people have said to me in the last three years, as I made this major pivot, I'm like, Madeline, how did you become such a big deal on Twitter? It's because I'm not afraid to just do these things. I have a podcast called Twitter Smarter, where we share Twitter tips. I have a Twitter chat called Twitter Smarter, where we share Twitter tips in a Twitter chat every week. I do an after chat where I interview the guests. I'm putting out content every single week, consistently sharing information on how to better use Twitter. So naturally people see me as the expert, but it started with taking action. All I did was come up with an idea and I just said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I, I did it and it just started. So you just have to start. And also if you're in a crowd, see, I wasn't in a crowded space. So it actually was not that hard for me to do this. But if you're in a crowded space, don't let that hold you back. Just be unique. Be that 
differentiator in your space, you know, different, different take on what it is that, that you're sharing. So, so next up, if it doesn't come easy to me, I am not an expert. Wow. This one's a hard one because I think that the smarter you are, the more this one's going to trip you up because if you're a really bright person generally, and let's say grades always came easy for you, tests always came easy for you in school. I've seen it with even my own children. They hit a wall and they think, oh, I'm terrible at this. I'm just awful because they've never really had any issues with that. So if you've been a hard worker all along, this may not be the one that trips you up. But if you're a person that has always kind of gotten it pretty easily, things come to you pretty quickly. Whenever you hit a new plateau, it's going to be hard. You're going to have to actually push through it. And working hard is how you become an expert. You really do. You have to push through it, work through the problems. And at the other side of it, you learn a new skill. So again, it's kind of the same as the last one, but slightly different in the fact that, you know, if it's not easy, that does not mean that you're not an expert or couldn't become an expert at it. It just means that you need to work a little bit harder to get it over the top. I love that. All right. The next one, I have to do it all by myself or I'm just pretending to be an expert. Okay, so I actually have to make a confession that this one kind of was one of my early mindset problems that I overcame. I have a wonderful team that I work with now that are amazing. I cannot believe, you know, how I did not see that as such an asset back in the day. But my feeling was is if I wasn't doing the work, then they wouldn't even see me as an expert anymore. They're, that they that even my team would look at me and say, "Well, I'm doing all the work. Who are you?" <laughs> so that is a really tough one to overcome for me. And how I've done this or how I've reframed this, finding and assembling a competent team reflects well on my expertise. If I can bring a team together and get them moving in the right direction, that means that, hey, I know something about this. You know, I know how to make this work. And so that part is my job. My job is to find people that are smarter than me and surround myself with them so that we can together move forward and help more people. That's my goal. And so I need a team to help me do that. Now, you may not be at a place right now where you can hire a team. I've really been enjoying the Amy Porterfield podcast recently because she's been talking about and bringing on her team members to talk about how they've helped her through different things. So you might want to jump over there and listen to a couple of those. But in the end of the day, finding and assembling a competent team reflects well on your expertise. Even if they're not people you pay, a mastermind, peers, do not do this by yourself, especially if you're doing an online business of any kind. It can get pretty lonely in the uh, online business world. Don't you agree? Absolutely. You know, if you're a solopreneur like me, you, you still need to have people around you that can help you. So you mentioned a mastermind, which is a great idea. I'm actually assembling one as we speak, where I'm just getting a group of peers and we're just going to come together and have a monthly Skype session. And what a great way to be able to talk to other people who understand they're like-minded and can give you some help, some advice. But then also as a solopreneur, I, like I have a VA and it allows me to, you know, work on the most important things. I give her things to do while they're important things is something that you can have an hourly worker do for you. And then that frees you up. So then you can really go focus on creating and, and doing the things that's important for your brand. So yeah, I totally agree with you on all this, Cami. Next up, I need to succeed in all areas of life or I am a failure. I need to be a superwoman or a superman. Yeah, so this one's rough. 
you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about this, like you can be very successful in one area, but have like a great business, for example, but your personal life's a mess or, you know, whatever. And that part of you that isn't going so well tends to take over in your mind as a definition of who you are. What I'm going to say about this is that we are all a work in progress. And one way to get over this particular limiting mindset is to celebrate your wins on a regular basis. And I mean, small celebrations, you know, like, hey, you know, if I get through this week and I get these things done, I will go and and treat myself to a Starbucks coffee. I don't know, whatever it is that gets you going. It can be a small thing that you do to celebrate, but we do need to celebrate our wins on a regular basis even the small ones, because if we don't, we tend to like define ourselves for the worst thing that happened that week. True? Absolutely. So very smart advice. Always celebrate those small wins. All right, next one. We talked about this a little bit. Comparing myself to my peers, I am way behind. So that's like the social media highlight reel syndrome we were talking about. Yes. So how do we overcome that? Okay, so everyone has personal and professional challenges, even if I don't see them. You have to realize that. It's kind of like saying everybody puts on their pants in the morning. Remember how we used to say that? That's an old saying. But here's something that Oprah said. Don't focus on your competition. Focus on your purpose. And she, I was re, uh, listening to this really great episode for, of her and make, on something called Making Oprah. And I will put a link to this Making Oprah episode. It was a podcast. It was a podcast a, that was, was out a few years ago. Yes. It was a podcast um, done by um, NPR and or in, in conjunction with them anyway. And she said, I learned the greatest lesson of any competitor or anyone who's in business and passed that on to the rest of my staff. And that is that you can only run your own race. I was very clear when I started. I got clearer as I continued, but I was very clear that the purpose of this show was to be a light in the world and that the mission statement, we're here to uplift, enlighten, encourage, and entertain. That had to be real. So all she cared about was a purpose. She told her staff, do not watch the competition. Do not put your eye off of the ball or off of the prize, which is for us to uplift, enlighten, encourage, and entertain. That was her purpose. And so I think having a really strong purpose and keeping focused on that can help with this one because you don't spend as much time comparing yourself to others if you're very focused on what your purpose is. Yeah, you know, here here's my take on that, because I'm very big on don't focus on your competition, focus on your purpose, be head down, focus on you. And so when I was in the music business for 20 years, I became highly successful in building a large community, putting on huge events all across the world, doing all kinds of things that helped, you know, build, help promote, helped empower women in music. And The way I was able to do this, Cammie, is that I didn't look at what anybody else was doing. I focused on me and my purpose. I kept my head down and I did the work. If you spend too much time looking at what everyone else is doing, it's going to cause disruption. So when I made my pivot three years ago, same thing. I'm not looking at Maury Smith and Jay Bear and Mark Schaefer and all these big names in social media. I might be looking at Cammie Hoysa, but I'm not looking at all, all these people to see, well, what are they doing? What are they doing? You know, it's Madeline Sklar is working on this and she is focusing on this. Through that process, I get known, I get seen, I get heard, and that's what we want. So it's really, really important to focus on yourself. Yeah. And I actually got a hold of this really great article. I just want to share it with everyone. There's a film actress and director and composer too. Her name is Nicole 
Russen McFarland, and she is very talented, but she's kind of young. And one of the things she said that was when she was 15, she attended the VMAs for the first time because she wanted to see Justin Timberlake debut as a solo act. So that tells you how long ago that was. And he performed Like I Love You. And she said that feeling she had as she was sitting there as a young person, seeing everyone your age or not much older doing what she wanted to be doing. She said she couldn't bottle that because she was sitting there. She's now age 31. And she knows that all these young people have done these amazing things. And she really got that feeling like because of that, she could do it too. So that's really the thing. If somebody's done it before you, that means it can be done. You know what I'm saying? It can be done. And why not you? And let them be that inspiration that fuels Mm -hmm. you to go take action and do this. So what a great story. So we're coming to the end of the episode. Our call to action is we want you to take an imposter syndrome quiz. Kimmy found a quiz and it's really good. And then we want you to come over to the Facebook group and let's share with like how you scored versus how like I scored and how Kimmy scored and then see which of the reframing exercises that we just talked about, which we want to know which ones resonated with you. So we made a bit.ly link. You can go in the show notes, of course. Kimmy puts that together, does a great job, but we do have a little shortcut if you just want to jot this down, if you're able to is a bit.ly, so bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash, and it has to be in all caps, CTC, because that's short for communities that convert, CTC 58, and then in lowercase quiz. So it's one word. So the bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash, capital CTC 58, because this episode number 58, and then the word quiz, Q-U-I-Z in lowercase. That will shortcut you over to this PDF so you can check it out. So Kimmy, I can't wait to see what everybody comes up with when they take it. Me either. I think it's going to be great to talk about this and just bring it to the open and just tell us the darkest thoughts you have about yourself in your head, because I'm 100% sure that the likelihood is, is that we have a way to reframe that or we can help you reframe that. So I'm totally willing to do that. I'm pretty sure you are too, right? Me too. Me too. Yeah. And you know what? I want to do a challenge for everyone. So not only do we want you to do this action, this call to action, the challenge is bring a friend over. Invite a friend to come over to our Communities That Convert podcast page, our, our, I'm sorry, our group page uh, where we hang out and do this. Invite someone over that you think would benefit from this and bring them over so we can meet them and uh, they can listen and take part in this as well. What do you think, Cammie? I think that's great um, because I'm going to tell you, you have to have a partner in this. So that'll get them over at least one of their challenges right away, which is don't do this alone. Don't do it there alone. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. We'll see you back here next week with another one. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cammie. Her Twitter handle is at CammieChat. And that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. For listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. 
Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Thank you.